Hello and welcome to the Messy Truth Leadership Podcast. This is where we share stories about the real world, the messy truth about leading and leadership. I'm Gavin and I'm here with Nikki. Hi, Gavin. Hello, Nikki. So what's the topic today, Nikki? Well, we can't pass up the ripe opportunity to talk about what white leaders need to do in reality to make black lives matter. Absolutely. So, and when we say white leaders, we mean specifically individuals who are, you know, have leadership responsibility in organizations. We're not talking about organizational systems, organizational processes, right? Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Individuals. Okay. And because I, I know you've noticed, you were saying to me earlier that you've noticed some, some noise around, you know, organizations that profess they want to change, right? right? But not right. necessarily anything from individuals. Right. So I'll give you my two second uh, rant about organizations right now. What we have seen since all the protests have been organizations that are putting up beautiful ads. They're heartwarming. They're touching. And a pledge to hire more people of color in their organizations. And I'm not buying it. Uh, and I will tell you why. Because this is the same conversation we've had, I don't know how many times in the last two decades. Yeah. And when I was in charge in an organization of diversity and inclusion, we were having exactly the same conversation that I hear organizations having, not the conversation that's in the public square these days. I think that's a different dialogue, but in an attempt to respond, the organizational response I find is weak. So I'd rather that we talk about today what individual white leaders can do to actually help within their organizations from wherever they sit to make Black Lives Matter a reality. Yes. Cool. So, and in, you know, in, when I think about my uh, coaching and, and advisory work, you know, Nikki, I think about uh, l l learning to be a leader, right? So we've talked about this before. It's I, and I, I follow the, the view of, of many, which is leadership is very difficult to teach someone. It's, it's extremely difficult to kind of um, stand at the front of a room and say to someone, this is what leadership is, go and do it. I agree. Uh, so if, if, if it's hard to teach someone to be a leader, then the focus should very much be on the individual learning to be a leader. And learning to be a leader, in my mind, requires you know, an, a number of different avenues of which, you know, the most important for us is, is um, a deep understanding of self. And, and one of the main ways that I often advise, you know, my uh, clients to, to move along, to accelerate along that journey of leading is to get a wide range of experience. The more experiences you have, 
the, the, the wider and deeper perspective you have on life and, and other people and other situations. So, you know, not just experiences necessarily in your function, experiences outside your function, experiences in other countries, experiences of other situations. Get as wide range of experiences as you can to help you understand how to, to be a really effective leader in all kinds of different situations. And that is, that is, that's a advice that is heightened if the, situ, if the experience you are having is unfamiliar. So, you know, I'm, I'm always giving advice to people to say, go and find unfamiliar experiences because it will make you a better leader. You will, ha- you will be learning about yourself. You will be learning about how, how you show up and the impact you have in the world around you in these unfamiliar situations. So to me, it's a very short step from saying that to, to anyone to saying that specifically to a white leader to say, look, here's an opportunity to broaden your experience and in a situation that, that you perhaps you are deeply unfamiliar with, i.e. learning about the lived experience of people who are not white like you. Right. And one thing that I would highlight in what you're describing is the discomfort that comes with that lack of familiarity. Absolutely. And, and that's where I think people start to get crazy is that, you know, you and I have both traveled a lot. We've been fortunate, but we've also both encountered so many white people who are frightened to even go to, you know, a country that does not speak English yeah. because it's just too uncomfortable and it just freaks them out. Mm. And so, um, like you, I give this the advice all the time. I mean, I even force them to go get eat ethnic food at ethnic restaurants that they're unfamiliar with and just try it because only staying in your own very comfortable zone will in fact make you a very limited leader. I agree completely. So enter the notion of the black lived experience. And so how do we help white leaders come to have a deeper understanding. And I come back to this three things that you and I say constantly about what the messy leadership, the messy truth is about leadership. You have to have deep self-knowledge. You have to really deeply understand other human beings and then make a meaningful relationship with them. And so in this situation, the, per, the white leader needs to understand, I have limitations. I have to accept that I have limitations in my understanding here. And therefore, I have to go into zones that are not comfortable for me. And part of what you and I love to talk about all the time and what we're constantly sharing, like, oh, you have to listen to this, or you have to watch this, or you have to read this. I think there is a element of education that you and I have come to, you know, this learning aspect to mm-hmm. develop better self-awareness as well as knowledge about other people's experiences. And I think you and I have some favorite books that we keep recommending to clients to, to read, to open their eyes. I'll just start with one of my favorites that I keep telling everybody <clears throat> to read. And it's called White Rage by Carolyn Anderson. 
Yes. And it's yes. a great history lesson. Yes. And and as you said, I think it does start with history. It it white leaders you know must start to get their heads around the the history at work here. And you know another one I think uh, that you and I both think highly of is Michelle Alexander's The New Jim Crow. Yep. Which you know which dis, you know which describes the um criminalization of the black lived experience today and also in the process to, you know one learns an awful lot about you know the the actual jim crow um yeah another one i think is is quite instructive is whitman's hitler's american model and how hitler learned deeply from the white eugenics movement and the racist programs and policies in the south and, and built upon that. And so you're right about history. Are there any others that you... Yeah, I have to say that for people who find these wonderful history books that you and I love to read and find, like, has just expanded our whole mm. understanding, mm. if you can't handle something that intense and deep, I have found the perfect book for people who need something that might be more digestible. And it's D.L. Hughley's new book called Surrender White America. Cool. Excellent. And it is such a nice play between his um, very activist sense of humor, but it gives you the history lesson as well. Yes. And so if if you need something that's a quicker read and um, it will still be as depressing as the other books, but it's it's informative, but a little bit lighter. So that's for for the people who are just starting on their path of education. That might be an easier place to start. A good place to start, yeah. Yeah, so to your point, though, of discomfort, you know, that that is such an elemental part of learning how to lead. Yeah. Because, you know, everyone can think of the first time they led a team or the first time, you know, a small team even, you know, five or six people, or the first time they were promoted from their peer group to suddenly, you know, be, be leading that, that group of people as a team lead. Everyone can, can know can, can remember what it felt like to have that discomfort. Right. And often, often when you get to a senior leadership level, the discomfort levels subside dramatically because you're not in positions or situations of discomfort so frequently. So absolutely, totally agree with you. And, and you know, one way to feel some discomfort as a white leader is to um, familiarize yourself with the unfamiliar history here. So I think that's a that's a great a great starting place. I mean, I must say, as you as listeners can tell, you know, I'm a new American, and <laughs> um, and I you know, and I, I I'm often ambivalent about this because about being a new American because I you know I I really had that um, motivation and and desire to 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 be part of the American idea. You know the, the 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 you know the sort of mythological American idea, and I and I want to believe in that, but when you come here, and you see the the um, the 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 impact of that idea, and the fact that that idea is not really lived most of the most of the time in most of the places, and that mythology is kind of lauded. But the reality is so, so starkly different. That makes me very ambivalent, and I and I, and I have I, I find it incredibly peculiar that there's such a reverence 
um, in in classrooms, in schools, in you know history books for a, for a certain type of past. Um, when when I look back and see you know the the founding documents and the founding statements of this country, I'm looking back, and I and I and there is an incredible reverence for them, and and I'm looking back thinking, but what a reality it really was back then. Right. And so, you know, that, that sort of history, I really think is, is really powerful that we all understand. Right. So discomfort, get unfamiliar. This is what white leaders can do. Yes. They can start to understand the history a bit. Any practical ideas that we can, we recommend or we know about um, sort of day-to-day in an, in an organizational setting that a white leader can, can actually do? Yes. Yeah. Uh, So I, boy, I think about this too much probably. And, uh, you know, I'm like looking for like the answer, but I've come up with one strategy Hmm. that I've been saying to a lot of white leaders lately. Hmm. And that is, you know, there is this knee jerk response right now because the topic of race is so uncomfortable for white people, especially. Yeah, yeah, and um, that what happens then is the first reaction is a defensive one. So some, right. so a black person says, "Look, I got passed over for a promotion, or I'm struggling with my boss," and the white leader, you know, immediately worries that they're being called a racist or that you know that they have messed up somehow. And so the initial response is, oh, well, you know, there must be a good reason for this or, you know, somehow not taking in the experience. So lately what I've been saying to bosses, to leaders is, what if a staff member came into your office and said, I'm struggling at work right now because last week my brother committed suicide? Mm. I know it's a stark example, but what would a white leader say? It would also be uncomfortable, by the way. Very uncomfortable. That's not something you hear every day. But most leaders would say, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that. There would be a very humane response to that. Mm -hmm. Pretty simple. And so I've been saying, like, how is it any different if a black person comes into your office and says, I was mistreated? How, how is that any different? And how come you can't have the same response to say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Can, would you like to talk about that? Mm-hmm. Or let's, let's examine that some more. Why, why can't it be the same simple, very humane response? Yeah. But white yeah. people get so caught up in their panties about, you know, I'm being called a terrible, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm the man and I, you know, blah, blah, blah. you know, they just get freaked out. Right. When right. it's just human to human at that point. And then shut up hmm. and listen to the person's story. Just, hmm. I'm sorry to hear that. Tell me more about that. What happened? Yeah. Just like you would about anything else. Yeah. Well, just like you would about anything else if you're a good leader that is able to have, as we say, have these deep, 
deeply understands other people and wants to have those human connections with other people on just a human-to-human level. Exactly. And then as you listen to somebody's story, and again, the popular phrase now is a person's lived experience, Mm. that for leaders to understand that, and this is where the white centricity is a real problem, is that white leaders think everybody's having their experience of reality. I call that narcissism. And and it is the organizational norm. But there are a lot of people in your organization, especially people of color and women, who are not having your experience, Mr. White Person. And so it's important, the best leaders, the confident leaders, the leaders who have spent time reflecting and learning will invite the stories. Tell me more about it. And then in that way, you, you just move into the human to human interaction that creates the bond that then helps you understand this person's experience And I believe that it is only through doing those sorts of things that then you can get it, that something else will turn on for white leaders' perspective about what's going on in their team or their company to then say, shit ain't right around here. Yeah. So that point about story, that's so key. We mustn't lose that. So spend a, a simple thing that all leaders should do, but particularly white leaders when it comes to this topic, listen to the story. Listen to the story, and that will provide that human connection once you share the stories. And right? once you start to listen to the, that one person's story, and then, again, the buzz around the organization will start to happen, and that individual has said, oh, you know, Nikki listens, then all of a sudden you're going to get other people's stories. And then you're going to see a pattern. And then you're going to see what's broken. And then you're going to say, this is not a one-off. This is something that I, as a leader, have to take some accountability for and responsibility for. Because people of color are, are struggling in this organization. It's not working for them. And And, then as a person who is in a position of power and decision-making power in particular, I can then do something systemically about that. But But the first steps are taking each person's story to heart. Yeah, well said. And incidentally, there... To help that process, there are many stories in popular culture that white pe- white leaders can get their heads around. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 only have to watch Insecure on HBO, or or right. indeed or indeed Watchmen on HBO to start to start um, appreciating other people's stories. Absolutely, great conversation, Nikki. Thank you. Yes, thank you, thank you. There's um, so much more to say on this topic, but at least that's a start. Well, we'll look forward to the next next conversation on a on a new topic. See you Great. soon. Take care. Bye.